Yes, sir. Kyle and DJ on the mic. Gambling Feud. Partnered with Coda Sports Gambling Network. Hitting bets. Hitting bets. Hitting checks. Hitting checks. Making necks. Making necks. I bet. Let's hit some bets. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. I don't need the keys when I get the locks. Hitting them wagers, locking my pacer, doing it major. LA Lakers, locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. I don't need the keys when I get the locks. Hitting them wagers, locking my pacer, doing it major. LA Lakers. Welcome, everyone, to the Gambling Feud Podcast, presented by the Coda Sports Gambling Network. We are on episode 29. As always, the Gambling Feud Podcast is sponsored by Rogue Energy. My name is Kyle Comish. You can find me on Twitter at Comdog. And joining me, as always, for 29 episodes, my cousin and co-host at DJ Low 4422 DJ Luch. DJ, how are we doing today? I'm hyped, Kyle. Four-day work week. We got football. The NFL starting. We got college football. Like, life is good right now, man. I'm loving it. Living in the moment. A lot of lines to bet. I'm excited. Big week. Big week ahead of us. Absolutely. And there's... There's lines everywhere now. For a while, they were just sticking to baseball and people at the network, including myself, were struggling. But we're back at it. We got lots of football going on. So last week, obviously, we had our uh, college football pick them. We had eight cappers on on the show, including you and me, you and myself. So uh, what were your overall thoughts on how the, the draft went? What did you think of all that? As always, I think the process is super fun. You know, a lot of dudes giving Kyle crap for his picks. Like it was just a good, good environment. Good. It was just fun. Uh, not a fan of my personal picks. I took North Carolina and Wisconsin with my first two picks, and that has not gone well. Uh, they both lost, in case you were wondering. So I'm regretting that, but I'm doing decent in my other – I have two leagues, obviously, of this, and, yeah, I, I think it's a cool thing. Uh, you know, I think we can make this, like, a, a normal thing or a national thing for everyone to do. Uh, so if you want the Excel sheet that I have, it's pretty set up very well. I believe it's got the rankings. It's got everything very well done. I can send it to you. So always just DM me on Twitter at DJ low 4422. If you want that Excel sheet for next year. Uh, Cause yeah, I think, I think it's just super fun. What, what are your thoughts? I, I, I enjoyed the crap out of it. Now I made a comment to, uh, to pace. I we've done this. This is our 29th show, but the last show was 28. I went 28 shows without cussing. Normally I try, I try to keep calm. I try to stay, stay, stay classy and stuff like that, but just everyone else would like be making picks. Good pick, good, good pick, good pick. And then every single time it went to me, I got booed. And finally I just got sick. <laughs> so I just said, and, and I dropped the F bomb. I said, it doesn't matter who I F and take it. It's wrong in your guys' eyes. And then I realized it. And I'm like, I've gone 28 episodes in a row without, without cussing. So am I going to apologize for cussing? No, because I meant it, but just understand that that's not going to be, a, a norm for me but it started off by being called a homer by taking oklahoma oklahoma's probably gonna win the damn big 12 <laughs> that's not even me being a homer it was a good pick honestly it was a great pick so but- it just it just it just yeah it was it was a lot of fun though having the whole the whole crew on and stuff like that but yeah i know it it ended up turning to the point that i got booed so much i got sick of it and ended up cursing for the first time so. you snapped the boys got to you after enough ridicule it was like notre dame booed like it didn't matter who you took you could have taken alabama and you would have gotten booed so it was just it was just funny someone's got to get someone's got to get the the blunt of 
uh, the Razin or the Hazen, and it happened to be Kyle yesterday, or not yesterday, last last pod, but a quick shout out to Lucas Parker, our intro song writer. Uh, you can find him on uh, Apple Music and Spotify, at Luke, L-U-K-E, and then the number seven, his album Virtues. Uh, if you like the intro, check out his album. It's good stuff. Uh, Kyle, fantasy football is here this week. Are, are you excited for that? I really, I really am. You know, we, I'm in, uh, I'm in four different leagues right now. I'm the commissioner of one league. Uh, a bunch of us, Dakota cappers, I think pretty much all the cappers are in a fantasy football league. I'm in a league with my dad and my uncles and I'm in, uh, another league as well. So I'm in four different leagues. I'm excited. You know, I've gotten pretty high picks in some of them got pretty middle of the pack picks and some lower picks as well. So, you know, I kind of have a wide variety of teams. I'm excited for it. What about you? Yeah. So I usually set my limit on like three teams. Cause after that you end up rooting for like half the league. And I just don't like that. It's like, Oh, I'm rooting for Russell Wilson, but now I'm rooting against him in this league and it just gets all mixed up. But I had like three people slide in late. They're like, Hey, we need one person to fill this spot. Like, can you do it? And I was like, sure. Like I'll make some money. You guys are a bunch of idiots, you know? Um, so now I'm in six leagues that I'm paying to be in and I, I regret it already. Like it was stupid. I don't know why I should have just told the people no, but I was like, Oh, I'll be the nice guy. Uh, so I am heavily invested in fantasy. Like if I win two or three of them, I could be anywhere from like plus $200 to plus a thousand dollars. Cause I'm in a hundred dollar league. So it, it's a, it's a paying rent type of year for fantasy football. And I'm excited. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be good. So, uh, well, let, let's get right to it. We got some interesting topics to talk about. Let's start with our takes. So our takes is just me and DJ having a conversation about just uh, basic stuff that happened in sports. So uh, just to get started here, DJ. So Brian Kelly, the Notre Dame coach, is facing some serious controversy after Notre Dame's overtime win against Florida State. When asked about his team, he says, quote, I'm open to execution. I think everyone on the team should be executed. He's now facing controversy not only because of the comment, but because he made the comment because of the school that he coaches. So my question for you is for you, DJ, should Kelly face consequences for these comments? There's a lot of worse things you can do as a coach, like murder, rape, rape people. You know, there's like, there's just so many bad things you can do, you know, pedophilia. Like, is this the worst thing? No. Is what he did wrong? Yes, he's an idiot. Why would you say that? Like, I know you're upset at your team. I know emotions have the best of you, but this isn't your first year coaching, bro. You've been coaching for a while. Get your stuff together and don't say something so stupid. Like, did you really think that was going to go over well? Like, oh, I couldn't believe. When he said it, I was like, no way. I couldn't believe that he would say something so stupid. Uh, Yeah, your coaches or your team, your school – is a Catholic school, which is against uh, capital punishment. Like, so you just made a statement against the school you coach for the school that pays you money to coach. You made a statement against them. And then you talked about executing kids, like kids. Are you don't blame the kids. You're the coach. Oh my God. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, bro, they're just children out there. They are 18, 19, 20. You know, they are just young. They've barely lived a half of their life. And you, uh, I just, I couldn't believe it. And I, I honestly, I lost, I never, not that I didn't respect him. I always respected him, but I never liked him as a coach. And I lost a lot of respect for him as a person after that comment. I'm like, dude, you are so dumb. So yeah, that's my thoughts. Brian Kelly is a scumbag. Flat out. I have disliked him since the moment he started co- coaching at, at Notre Dame. Do I think he's sh- like, some people are talking about him being, 
fired from the school. Should he get fired? No. He, he shouldn't. He's had a lot of success at Notre Dame as a coach. Led him to the playoff uh, last year. You know, he was in the national championship in 2012 while he was the coach and got steamrolled by Alabama. Another story for another time. Point being, he's had six, success there. I think he should get fined. Flat out. It was a dumb, it was a dumb comment. I think he should get fined a certain amount of things. Like you said, DJ, they're kids for, cry- for crying out loud. And last time I checked, it's the first game of the season. You're going to be rusty the, the first game game of the season. I'm open to execution. Really, dude? Like, you thought that comment was going to be okay? I mean, you got you got to be better than that as a coach. There's, like, ethics involved in it. You're coaching for a Catholic school. And, okay, so you may not be, like, the religion of the school that you're coaching for. I understand that, but he always is the one to say like, I'm a man of faith, I'm a man of faith. And then you make a comment that you're open to execution. Like you, you can't be, you can't be both sides. I think he should be fined. And I hope that he improves from this, but, but in my opinion, Brian Kelly's a scumbag. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I know that any apology is going to be fake, but like, I still think he should make some sort of apology to the school, to the players. Like, you know, like I got caught up in the, the moment. I was emotional. And obviously, I don't think he was serious. But you don't make comments like that. Like, even like, obviously, no one thought he was serious. He's not going to execute his team. But like, still, you don't joke about like stuff like there's certain things that you don't joke about. And that is one of them. So yeah, but let's move on. Uh, so mine not as serious, just more of uh, ask bouncing ideas off you here. Uh, but I had a fantasy draft the other day. And someone took two defenses. And this is a 13-team league, which is weird, but it is what it is. Um, So, like, 13-team league, his receiving core was trash. Um, And so, I believe he could have taken – so, me and him debated over text about it. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, And he he could have taken some flyers at wide receiver, like Darnell Mooney uh, is one of them, Rondell Moore, Michael Hardman, like somebody that could have ended up being a great player at the end of the season. Uh, to get some depth, you know, or even taking some basic guy like Marvin Jones, who would have gotten him depth, may have not, you know, had that as high of a ceiling. But instead, he loaded up with two defenses. Uh, his reasoning was having two really good defenses is more important than wasting a pick on a flyer receiver who will likely never play in his lineup. So do you disagree or agree with his strategy here? I, I don't want to offend the person that was in your fantasy draft because I don't know if he listens to the podcast but I've never heard of something so stupid <laughs> that, that that is the, that is the dumbest thing I think I've ever heard. I don't take two defenses because if I, the one week that my defense is on a buy, I can pick somebody up and, and, and drop them. You have the potential to take someone that's going to be really, really solid over like a free, like that person that you didn't take might be a free agent now. So anybody can take him, but you're taking a risk on a guy. Sure, he might not play all season, but that's the risk you take in fantasy football. That's the risk you take to um to to just put to just play it in in general. You have the opportunity to have a really, really solid player that could be in your starting lineup. You say likely will they not? Probably, but you have the chance to, and that's why sometimes you just got to take that risk. So taking two defenses because you have to give you depth at defense, defenses normally don't give you very many points. So that's very, I disagree with it. And like I said, I don't know in fantasy football and all the years have been a part of it. Again, I don't know who this is, DJ. I'm sure you want to leave him out of it. 
because and I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but in my opinion, that's just really stupid. Yeah, I I you're preaching to the choir here, Kyle. I was like, because he was asking me what I thought of his team, and then I was like, wait, like WTF? You took two defenses? Like I couldn't believe it. Because this is a 13-team league. So I texted him originally. I'm like, dude, my team is so trash. And I go, it's probably because I'm comparing them to most of my 10-team leagues, which obviously those teams will be better. Uh, but, like, in for me personally, rounds nine, based on who's available, rounds nine through, like, 14, I'm taking either insurance guys. Like, if you have Ezekiel Elliott, you're taking um, Tony Pollard. You know, if you have Dalvin Cook, you're taking Alexander Madison. Like, you're taking an insurance guy or you're drafting – Super high potential guys like Rondell Moore, like Darnell Mooney, like dudes who might never actually play for you. But if they do pop off, which you just need one of those like five picks, because otherwise none of those guys are playing regardless. You take you take some guy like Cole Beasley. You know what? Cole Beasley is going to maybe be a top 40 receiver. Maybe like, you know what you're getting out of. Maybe he's top 30. Like you just know what you're getting out of him. Or you could take a flyer who could end up being a wide receiver one, like if healthy, if things go right. So I, I completely disagree. I'm a firm believer in defense round 15, kicker round 16, and I will always be on that strategy. Uh, I just, I just don't think defenses will ever, I don't think it's like, oh, that dude won because he had that defense. Like, it's just never happening. You won because one of those flyers you took popped off, and now you have your two great receivers you drafted plus a third that no one else thought was going to, you know, do as well. So that's my thought, but let's move on to our favorite segment mic drop sponsored by rogue energy yeah dj i know we're reeking into this but are you still addicted to caffeine like myself kyle it's been a week and i haven't i haven't gotten any better i am still crazy addicted to caffeine if i do not intake caffeine i will get headaches so it's bad well then i have a solution for you dj so rogue energy Rogue Energy is an alternative to the sugary energy drinks that can give you a boost of energy and crash quickly while also putting a lot of sugar in your body. Rogue Energy comes in four unique product lines to best suit your personal needs. Their low-calorie, no-sugar energy formula is the perfect alternative to sugar-filled canned energy drinks and sodas. Their extreme formula provides the most energy, focus, and sports warmth possible. Their hydration line offers focus ingredients without the added caffeine. Drink it anytime you're thirsty. Finally, their shake formula is a delicious zero-calorie energy milkshake. The thing that makes Rogue Energy unique from other powder drinks is that it dissolves really, really well, and you won't find any chalky textures in your drink. With over 10 different flavors to choose from, we at the Gambling Feud Podcast and the Coda Sports Gambling Network definitely recommend Rogue Energy. Go to their website, www.rogueenergy.com, and use the promo code CODA, K-O-T-A, to receive 10% off your order. Again, that's www.rogueenergy.com and use the promo code CODA. Yes, so, sir. Love me some Rogue Energy. Yes, me, me too. I'm a big, big fan. I got a tub of their uh, blue raspberry. Yep. So I've been drink. I've been drinking that at work to keep me focused and stuff like that. It really does a good job. I sincerely, like I wouldn't promote it if I didn't like it myself. I love their blue raspberry. Yep. 2 p.m. At 2 p.m. on any workday, I pop it in the fridge, grab my Rogue Energy that's been sitting there, and, yeah, I drink it. And then all of a sudden, I go from, like, almost falling asleep to, like, let's go, let's work, you know, which is – so it's, it's perfect. And the extreme formula has been money for me while playing sports, uh, you know, playing basketball, playing flag football, whatever I'm doing. Uh, it's just uh, – it just gives you that extra boost you need. So let's get into it, Kyle. I know you're passionate about yours, so I'm excited to hear what you got to say. Uh, just, just go off, Kyle. Just go off. 
All right, DJ. Well, this is could be a weekly thing for me, depending on how my my teams do. So uh, Spencer Rattlers, who who's who my mic drop is my QB for Oklahoma, just a guy I've believed in since the moment he stepped on campus. Boy, excuse me, boy, was he disappointing. I believe he had only one or two touchdown passes and, and two interceptions. His second pass of the game was an interception. I mean, he couldn't have played much, much worse. And Tulane, obviously, very, very good. Had a lot of motivation coming into it after Hurricane, Hurricane Ida. And after the game, this is what irritated me most. After the game, Spencer Rattler says, I have to be better. Okay, no kidding, you do. But then he says, Tulane is the best team he's played in his college career what like dude like okay let, let, let's just pause for a second let's take a moment and think about this texas oklahoma state iowa state iowa state i would argue kansas state who'd they lose to in the the playoffs they didn't they were in the playoffs last year i thought they won the big 12 they did but they didn't make the playoff huh well, they lost to Iowa State, so therefore right. they have to be better than Iowa State. But anyway, right. sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm hoarding in on your action, Kyle. Take it away. Nope, nope. Not, nonetheless, to me, that's avoiding responsibility. Here's the, here's the fact of the matter. You sucked. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be flat out about it. You absolutely sucked. You were the front runner for the Heisman, and now you're making excuses that Tulane is a better team than all those other teams you played? That is bullcrap. That is absolute bullcrap. You got to be better. You got to realize you are not playing Arizona high school football. You were the best player in the country that year. You set all the records at Arizona. Great. But now you are playing big boy ball. You are playing against solid teams. And to use the excuse that Tulane is better than any team in the Big 12 is bullcrap. And I'm telling you right now, that is not a Heisman mentality. You are no longer a Heisman favorite if you are going to keep that mentality 100%. You can throw in um, any, any other guy that played really well week one, throw him into that conversation, take Spencer Rattler out of there. That is a horrible mentality. And I'm telling you right now, I hope it improves. As an Oklahoma fan, I hope he improves. I hope he leads us to a national championship. This is the year to do it. We got all our receivers back. Our defense is solid, but that attitude has to change. And I know people who've watched, I think he was on QBU, and people said he has a horrible, horrible attitude. I knew that going into it, but I want to see how he would be as a QB. And those first few games last year, he struggled, but got better. That attitude has to change, or you won't win the Heisman. You won't get drafted very high. That's a terrible attitude to have. I hope he gets better. I hope things improve. But but saying that Tulane is better than any team you played in college football just because you played bad is bullcrap. He is going to be – he is supposed to be the leader of that team. The spotlight is on him, not only nationally but locally. Everyone knows his name. Everyone knows what he looks like. You got to accept responsibility. Like, you just have to. You can't pass the buck and say that a team that clearly wasn't the best team that you played was the best team. Like, don't, don't try and defer the blame. Just accept it. Just, just accept it. Yeah, I played terrible. I can't play like this or we will lose to Iowa State. We will lose to Texas. Like, I need to get better. Like, this is bad. Like, just accept it. That's way better than being like, oh, you know, Tulane was really good. Obviously, I got to get better. But Tulane was just – they were really – it's like, bro, come on. I know they had a top five jersey of all time. But that's not that's that doesn't win you games, okay? Uh, yeah, quick shout out. Tulane's jerseys were absolute filth. They were so so were. cool. 
Um, so yeah, but that's just emba- like not embarrassing, but like it just it just tells me what I already believed about Spencer Rattler. Like I didn't, you know, I just didn't like that mentality. And I think it, you know, if NFL teams are watching that either QBU or watching this, it's like, all right, I don't like, I would rather take a guy who might have more coachable mindset, might have more take ownership mindset than someone who's going to just pass the buck. That's my opinion. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And like I said, I, I say this might drop in frustration because I know how good Spencer Rattler is. I know how good he was in, in high school. And I know how good he was to end the season when at the end of the season, he was untouchable. Like he, if he would have played that way all year long, I have no, no doubt in my mind, he would have beat Devonta Smith for the Heisman. I have no doubt about it, but those first few games, he just struggled. He's got to improve that, that mental, that mindset, or he's never going to get drafted as high as he wants to be. But that's my mic drop again. I, I think out of all the mic drops, that might've been the most heated I've ever gotten, but it was just, <laughs> It was just, it's just frustrating to say that like you struggled and then you put the blame on how good Tulane was, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. You were, you were hot there, Kyle, but you had a reason to be, so it's justified. Um, so onto my mic drop, it's a very biased one. Um, but I live about 30 minutes from Ames. And as you guys all know, college game day will be in Ames this week as Iowa takes on Iowa state. One of the, the best rivalry in Iowa. Uh, and I'm hyped. I like, this game, if, if you're from the Midwest and you don't like either of these teams, I just think at one point in your life, you got to go to this game because the environment and the vibe of this game is just, it's, it's up there with, with the best of them. Uh, I'm going to be in Ames and there will be, everyone will be in Ames. Like there's going to be so many people. I'm just excited. Like it's, it's such a great experience. You get experience college game day. I've been to a couple Iowa, Iowa state games and they were, they were epic. Um, I, you know, I won some bets on Iowa, uh, and it's just such a, it's gonna, it doesn't matter how like good one team is or the other, it's going to be competitive. Like, that's the crazy thing. It's almost always going to be very competitive and it's a good game. And it's just a vibe. You got, you know, mixed fans. It's literally a battle of the state of Iowa and everyone's there. Everyone's drinking, having a good time, like all good people, you know, some, some a-holes might get a little, you know, jabbering back and forth on both sides. Like both sides have those fans. But on the whole, you know, it's just a good environment and it's going to be a fun time. I'm excited. I, if you don't tune into this game, you are missing out. Uh, it is going to be one to remember, as they say. Preach, DJ. It's going to be a really great game. You know, I have a lot of friends that are Iowa State. I'm not one of those guys that, like, I'll never root for my rival. Like, they're in state. So, like, if Iowa State's not playing Iowa or Oklahoma, I will root for them on a, on occasion. But I get some friends, man, that are Iowa State fans that make it so hard to root for Iowa State. And, I mean, I mean, how can you really talk crap, crap against Iowa? I mean, we beat you six years in a row. So, I mean, there's that. We have, by far and away, a better program history than Iowa State than Iowa State does and pretty much every sport except probably basketball but even in basketball like way back in the day we were real good so I mean you're 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 talking crap on that and yet we've been in so many big bowls and last year was your first bowl game so I mean you can cut that crap out right away but anyways uh, enough back talk bad talk about Iowa State (laughs) I've been to the Cyhawk game one time DJ and it was oh it was probably 2016 it was CJ Beathard senior year and that was the one year Iowa just steamrolled Iowa State. I think it was like 40 to 10 or something like that. I mean, that that's very abnormal. I mean, that was like, but that Iowa team, that Iowa team was good. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. that was a good Iowa team and a not very good Iowa State team. This year's gonna be close. And in my opinion, like I said, I'm not betting on this game because it's a bias 
uh, obviously, if I would. But it's going to – if there's any chance for Iowa State to beat Iowa for a long time, it's this year. I agree. Uh, it's, uh, it's, I think it's the biggest step for Iowa State's program this season. It's irrelevant to them winning the Big 12. Like, it, this game really doesn't matter. But I think them getting over that hurdle and beating Iowa for the first time in, like, six, seven years, I think it's huge for that team. And they did not look good week one, so they need this game. It's it's gonna be epic. I I yeah. I'm I'm just hyped. Uh, don't know where I'm watching the game at yet. Uh, hopefully I'm not too drunk. Uh, let's just let's get through the pregame. Let's get through the tailgate and let's still be alive. I'll check in with y'all, even though I probably won't have any service because everyone will be there and the service is crap. Uh, but it's gonna be a fun one to watch and you don't want to miss it. So let's let's move on though. We got a sweet new segment that Kyle thought of. Kyle, why don't you go ahead and introduce it? Yeah, so obviously with the trivia not happening for a while, we got some people at the network that really want to focus on the other uh, stuff going on for a while. So we're going to hold off on the trivia concert a little bit. So me and DJ are going to do what's called the Gambling Feud Trivia Question of the Week. So DJ and I are going to ask each other a trivia question because normally I'm on the, the giving side as far as answer, as far as far uh, trivia questions go. So I do want to kind of be on the receiving end a little bit just to see how my uh, knowledge of trivia works. So... Basically, what we're going to do is just once a week, me and DJ are going to come up with a trivia question. We won't show it to each other, and we'll just see how it rolls. So, uh, DJ, what do you got for uh, the trivia question for the week for me? Yeah, so I, this is kind of a difficult question, but either you know it or you don't. Um, so what NFL receiver had more tackles than dropped passes through his 17 seasons? Played 17 seasons, wide receiver in the NFL. He had more tackles, uh, 41 tackles to be exact, to 29 dropped balls. What receiver is it? And he's playing right now? Um, so he yeah, he like he's in and out of the league, I guess. Like I, I would I would not say he's he's not on a team right now. I'll say that. Gotta be Larry Fitzgerald, right? Yep, that is correct. That it's just that stat is I, I had to do that one because that stat is wild to me. 29 drops, 41 tackles. That. Larry Fitzgerald's a Hall of Famer, first ballot, no questions. He's in the GOAT conversation for wide receivers of all time. I, I would say you could debate it, for sure. Okay, so uh, my trivia question for you. So Max Scherzer, DJ, has had one of the best starts on a new team than, than hardly anybody. He has, I believe, a 7-1, and 7-0 record and has under – under a two ERA. The last pitcher to do this was in 2018 when he went to a new team. Who was it? It wouldn't have been Zach. It wouldn't have been Zach Grinky because he would have been traded before that. Oh, who was traded in 2018? Could have been Verlander. It might have been Verlander. Ah, he was probably on there before that, though. Oh, man. There's so many pitchers. It, I don't think it was Garrett Cole because I don't know. I don't think he was traded. I think he was signed in the offseason. Uh, this is tough. This is a good question. Uh, I know it's uh, I know it's not Verlander, but I want to go Verlander for some reason. So final, Verlander. final answer, Verlander. I don't like it, though. You should have stuck with the answer you had. It was Garrett Cole. Ah, I, he was traded? I See, I thought he was signed. I, I should have worded the question better. Like, had a better start, like a, just a start with the team. It didn't matter if you were. Oh, Cole in 2018 had, uh, I, be, I believe the stat was uh, 
had over five wins and under two ERA in his first 10 starts of the team. So Garrett Cole is on that list. So I, ba- I basically had it right. I called out Garrett Cole, but then I said, wait, he wasn't traded. He signed with them. So I basically called it out. I'm going to give myself 0.25 points there. So there let's you, go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, that that'll do it for our regular show. Let's let's dive into our guest picker. We got a nice guest picker on who's going to try to win some money in our Elite Eight contest. Let's get to it. And on to our final segment, the guest pick them. I know it's been a while since we've had a guest on, but we are back in action today with a guest and i'm sure you guys have all seen him he's very active on twitter but kyle will introduce him in a little bit but first just to run down the guest pick is sponsored by pitchfork ag a local company in lamar's iowa man what don't they do they build hog barns they um you know uh, remodel hog barns uh, they also sell lawn mowers snow blowers uh weed wag- i mean they do it all uh, and they also service, uh, you know, your lawnmowers, snowblowers, all that stuff. So stop on in. Uh, yeah, help, you know, support local business. Pitchfork Ag's the way to go. Uh, so, yeah, guest pick segment. We got currently our Elite Eight, and they are competing for a chance to be in our uh, Elite Eight championship uh, bracket. It'll be a month-long contest around the December time when all the bowl games and NFL and everything is just full swing there's a soccer games i guess going on if that's your style uh so we'll just quickly go over the standings uh, and then we'll just dive on into it so in first place we have dan angle at 11.29 units then the commander-in-chief pace with 11.21 units alex long at plus 10.6 units soup or uh plus 8.1 units pumba at plus 5.6 units DeVos, Tyler DeVos, founder of Muddy Bites, plus 4.38 units. Alex Luch, Go Terps, plus 3.77 units. And then Brody Carr, avid Hawks fan, plus 3.74 units. So that is our Elite Eight, and our guest today is going to try and compete and try and get in that Elite Eight and hopefully win a prize of TBD. I don't know if I mentioned that before. We don't know exactly what the prize will be, but it'll be of some monetary value. And it'll be worth your time as it is a free entry. So let's rock and roll. Kyle, introduce our guest and let's let's get to know him. Yeah, DJ. So with us today, I don't know him personally, but I have a cheapie in my bio and he's a cheapie as well. So that's how I got to know him through that way. He's, he interacts with a lot of the people at the network. So I figured we got to get him on. He posts picks for college football all the time. Just figured what a great guy to have on. So with us today, we got potato gobbler on twitter pg how are we doing today buddy doing great that was a pretty solid introduction probably better than the one i would have gave myself uh very excited to be on the show uh like you said i give out some picks on twitter occasionally and sometimes they're right sometimes they're not but uh we like to have a good time and like you said uh, we're both cheapies so let's do it yes sir love you buddy love you too all right all right so uh to get started, just tell the, the listeners at home a little bit about yourself, just what, what you're up to nowadays, and just a little description of yourself. Right on. Well, um, I'm from Oklahoma, so I'm actually an OU fan. Yes, sir. Uh, we had a tough weekend, but we won, so it's all good. good. I, I, uh, I have been an avid college football watcher basically my whole life. My grandpa actually played uh, quarterback at, uh, for a short time, so... Uh, it's kind of like born into type of thing. So that's my that's my mainstay, I'd say, in, in gambling and specifically college. 
uh, NFL, I'm not the, not the greatest gambler. I won't lie. Uh, but I, but I enjoy watching the game. So I'm always on Twitter, uh, at potato gobbler, just, you know, chopping it up, talking football usually, but jokes and stuff go too. All right. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You know, I, I can't relate to many people that I follow being an Oklahoma fan. When I found out I'm a, you're an Oklahoma fan, I'm like, yes, sir. Now I know <laughs> someone to talk to. So that's right. So, um, I know I mentioned this earlier, but like the biggest thing that, um, got both of us to follow each other. And I think you follow other people at the network that maybe that's the reason that, uh, we got the fall from each other, but like, you're a cheapie. So I guess what made you want to become a cheapie and why should people become cheapies too? I, oh, this is good. So when I'm on Twitter, especially on this account, I, you know, I I'm, I'm looking for positivity that we get enough negativity in our lives from, from everything else. So I, uh, followed uh, Tyler O'Day for a while. I always thought he was funny and found out he was a cheapie and was kind of how I kind of got brought into it was I was just kind of trying to figure out what that meant. You know, Tyler's a, a very positive guy. So I thought, you know, what's going on with this and started getting on Twitter and seeing all these guys tweeting, uh, I love you at each other, but you know, just, just having fun and being, being uh, nice to each other and spreading positivity. That's kind of what gets me into it uh, because Twitter as, as everyone knows can, can often be, a little toxic. And I was trying to get away from some of that, uh, with this account. So I'm just on there having fun with, with the other cheapies. And like I said, it's a nice positive community to be a part of, uh, and it takes nothing, takes almost no requirement, uh, just, uh, you know, be nice. So it's a lot of fun. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. You got to be positive, be nice, tell everyone you love them. I mean, it's just, it's a great group to be a part of. And that's really what, uh, what drew me to the group too. So very, very well said. Um, so another thing I was going to ask you too, and I, from the moment I saw this, I was really curious about it. So potato gobbler, how did that start? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's one of those just like auto generated kind of names. Uh, I think I was signing up for league of legends or something like that. I don't know if you guys have ever played the PC game oh, yeah. a long time ago. And, uh, one of the names was, was potato gobbler that this, I think it was a website I was using was generating. And I, and then I, I actually had my birth year in it too. And then I got to Twitter and found out that just at potato gobbler was uh, available. And I was looking to make a new account away from kind of my main account, just, just to talk football more. A lot of my followers were friends and, and my wife's friends, and they weren't necessarily into me talking college football all the time. And I wanted to be a part of a, a community. So I thought it'd be funny to, to use this name potato gobbler it's not a true burner account because i show my face and things like that on there but uh i love to have fun on there and just talk sports usually but like you said uh, i like to spread some positivity every now and then too gotcha okay yeah that was something i was uh curious about from the moment i i saw that so uh uh another thing i was gonna ask you too so obviously like you're kind of like the cappers here you tweet out picks and you uh do videos and stuff like that as far as uh like what picks you like for college football and other various sports where did your uh like sports betting when how did that start with you yeah so obviously where i am uh, technically sports betting is illegal um so i but i started following a lot of barstool accounts just because they were tweeting about the game and, and obviously gambling's a big side of that too and i've always been interested in that uh, I just had never participated myself. So a couple of seasons back, I could, I didn't, wasn't even placing bets, but I was kind of just writing down, okay, I'd put one unit on this spread, blah, blah, and just kind of hand seeing where I was at at the end of the season. And me and my boss actually both would do it. 
and just kind of total it up every week. And we were kind of having a inner office um, tournament with, within each other type of deal. And I was doing really well and I just enjoyed it. I was like, this is fun kind of doing, you know, surface level research on these games, but also going with my gut, which is usually somewhat reliable too. And I started doing well. So I was like, Hey, I'm going to keep doing this. And I found out, you know, that there's other ways to, to, to bet on sports. And so I got into it and like, he's, you know, a lot of, our, a lot of the cheapy community gambles too. So it's mm-hmm. been, it's been fun. I, I've, I've learned and gotten better throughout these last couple of seasons and uh, feeling good enough to start giving out some picks too. So that's what I've been doing. All right. All right. Yeah. No, that's, I, I watched some of your videos. I know a lot of people at the network do too. So excited to keep wa- watching those and stuff like that. So uh, I know you said it before, you're really, really big on college football. Is there any other sports that you like to bet on or will give picks for? So, yeah, absolutely. Once hockey season starts back up, love doing the NHL bets. That's something I really got into uh, just over this, uh, over the bubble season. Uh, well, I guess that was 2020. Um, I'm a Dallas Stars fan and we made a giant run to the, uh, at the cup and, and came up just short, but I was, I was betting on all the playoff games and I did pretty well there for a while. Obviously Vegas usually comes out on top of that, but so I love, I love betting on, uh, on NHL as well. All right. Yeah, I know. DJ's a big NHL, NHL better. I do it on, I dabble in it on occasion. I wouldn't say I'm good at it, but I'll dabble in it. And I know all the people at the network do too. So, okay. Um, Last question I got before we dive into the game. So like you said earlier, uh, Oklahoma fan, Oklahoma fan, you are earlier in the show. I ranted about uh, Spencer, Rat- Spencer Rattler. I mean, just yeah, com- completely un- underwhelming. And I-, I don't know about you, but whenever like, so I became an Oklahoma fan because my dad and my brother and we're all mm-hmm. Oklahoma fans. We all watched the game, but I was at home in my house. And I wasn't at my parents' house watching, mm-hmm. watching this game. But whenever Tulane recovered that on side kick I texted my brother I said we're gonna lose yep I I don't know if you thought the same thing or not but I guess just what were your overall thoughts watching the Sooners week one yeah it was just a classic Sooner letdown spot uh and I was with you as soon as that as soon as that not not only that when I saw the onside being kicked and kind of saw that it was going to be a good onside kick I said they're going to recover this and then they did and then I thought yeah we're going to lose but uh, the defense stepped up at the very end you know, that game to me felt like a spot where I think OU relied on the crowd a little too much. It was a weird, kind of a weird atmosphere because that game wasn't supposed to be in Norman in the first place. And so they only sold the lower bowl and even that didn't get full. And the people that I know that were at the game basically said that it felt kind of like the red-white scrimmage in the spring. It was kind of low energy. The fans would clap a little bit, but they weren't really into it. And I think the team sometimes feeds too much off of if the crowd's not going they're not going to get up for an opponent either and they got up to that big lead at the half and everything was going perfect and I think at the locker room they started kind of patting each other on the back saying you know this game's over Tulane's not going to come back I think that, that crept in their minds a little bit too much and they only scored three points in the second half Spencer Rattler was certainly a part of that I wasn't real proud of the offensive line either but they were pretty average at best maybe so hopefully going forward we see I was telling one of my friends that maybe this is that game that OU loses um, that, that kind of makes everything click like, OK, we've got to step up our intensity. You know, we've got to bring it every single game that we see that happens almost every year, hoping that was this game. But we didn't actually have to lose it to learn that lesson. So we'll see. The second half was 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 pretty bad. I think we only scored three points. So 
Mm-hmm. I think they'll learn and grow from it, and, and they'll still be a good team. I, I sincerely hope so because, I mean, every every year they always have that one head-scratching game, and we still got to play Kansas State. It seems right. like every – I don't know why, but every year it's Kansas State is the team that we always struggle with in the Big 12. Like, we can, like, steamroll Texas and Oklahoma State and Iowa State, but K-State always plays Oklahoma close, and I never understand why. Yeah, I don't know, and K-State's got a good team this year. Uh, I said last year, there's no way they lose to K-State again, and then we lost to K-State again. So I don't want to speak up too soon, but hopefully, I mean, that'll be a barn burner. That's going to be at K-State, at Manhattan. So that'll be one to keep your eye on for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that was that was good talk with you. Uh, DJ, you ready to get this guest pick and roll in here? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So uh, PG got the rundown before the show started, but just for you viewers at home who maybe don't listen to the show, necessarily uh he gets five units he can use however he wants during the game during the picks he can do three on the money line two on the over under one on the spread he can use all five on one of them he doesn't have to use all five he doesn't want to he can parlay it he can do whatever he wants with his picks he just has a max of five units that he can use so to get started we'll start with a baseball game that's a pretty interesting one tonight at 7 10 between the angels and the padres uh, this is the fourth match of the season. The series is tied at one-to-one. Uh, the third game is being played as we record. Uh, there's no line at this time because the Angels pitcher is unknown. But uh, DJ's projected line is the Angels will be underdogs at plus 155. The Padres will be favored at minus 175 and an over-under of eight. So, uh, DJ, do you want to get started with uh, pitchers and trends? Yeah, so the reason why there's no line on this game is because we don't know who's starting for the Angels. If you guys uh, pay attention to baseball at all, you saw Otani was scratched from his last start because uh, of some minor injury. I think he still ended up hitting that game. It was kind of weird. It must have been something in the arm. But nonetheless, I think he's starting, but I have no idea. Uh, the projected line that Kyle read off was strictly based on Otani starting. Uh so we are going to do this podcast as if Owatani's starting because uh, all my other websites I checked had no no options. Uh, so Owatani this season has a 9-1 record with a 2.97 ERA. It's been really, really solid this season. He has a 4.25 ERA on the road with a 3-1 record. Uh, recent starts, he gave up two and seven, two runs and in seven innings to the Rangers with eight strikeouts. He gave up four and five innings to the Orioles with seven strikeouts and one run in eight innings to the Tigers. Now, on the other side, you Darvish has been solid all season. Uh, record doesn't really show that, but seven and nine record with a 4.05 ERA, five and four record at, at home with a 3.3 ERA. Recently, though, he has gotten rocked five runs and two and two thirds to the Diamondbacks, four runs in six innings. Uh, to the Dodgers and then another five runs and two and two thirds innings to the Diamondbacks. So the Diamondbacks have his number. Uh, so pay attention next time he's facing them. Uh, and then just some team trends here. Uh, we got the angels at 68 and 70 on the season, 31 and 36 on the road, 44 and 49 against right-handed pitching and four and three in their last seven uh, San Diego, 73 and 64 this season, 43 and 30 at home. Uh 49 and 49 against right-handed pitching and four and three in their last seven. And then some over under trends, the angels 75 and 62 at hitting the over 32 and 35 on the road, 47 and 46 against right-handed pitching and three and four in their last seven 
Padres 70 and 63 at hitting the over 36 and 34 at home 50 and 44 against right-handed pitching and four and two in their last seven. So Kyle, a lot of stars, at least yeah, a lot of stars on both sides. I'll say, uh, who are you watching in this game? Well, DJ, one thing to know, this game being at the Padres game, that means whoever pitches for the Angels has to be in the hitting lineup. So, I mean, if that's the case, I mean, Angels are loving that. So, Shohei Otani as a hitter, man, he's been solid as a pitcher. But as a hitter this year, he's been real solid, too, with a two fifty five batting average, 43 home runs, and 93 RBIs. And then for the Padres, obviously, you got to watch Fernando Tatis Jr. with a two eighty batting average, 37 RBIs. 37 home runs, excuse me, and 85 RBIs. So um, just to get started here, I've profited a lot this year off of uh, betting on the Angels when Shohei Otani is pitching. And I just, I'm going to continue that that trend. He's always been really solid as a pitcher. His team seems to hit really well when he starts. So I'm going to take the Angels money line. You get that at plus money. I think that's a good move. Yeah, so it's this one's tough because – Otani hasn't pitched in a while and his starts were good, but they were all against terrible teams. On the flip side, you Darvish has been awful against the Diamondbacks. He's gotten lit up. I I'm betting on the hotter team. The angels don't score runs. Like that's just, that's just Frank. The angels can't score. Like Otani will hit one solo dinger a game. That's about it. Um, so I, I got to ride with the Padres. I think you Darvish makes a, a big comeback. Uh, I just I just don't like that Angels lineup, and I think you Darvish is due for a good start. He's had three bad ones. The dude's got insane stuff. He has like 12 different pitches. I think he's due for a big start. So I, I'm going uh, the Padres here. All right, PG, what are you thinking? Well, I'm going to be the first to tell you guys that I'm not a, not a baseball guy. Um, I, I love the game, uh, but uh, I don't bet on it very often, mostly because I'm not very good at it. But I'm going over here. I'm hoping that the Shohei um, home run is more than a one-run home run, and uh, we hit this over somehow. So just give me one unit on that over, and let's uh, let's watch some fun baseball. All right. So- sounds good. Well, let's, uh, let's get in a little more of his wheelhouse here. So let's go to some college football. Really, really solid game. Uh, Saturday, uh, September 11th at 11 o'clock on Fox between, I believe, the number – 12 team Oregon against number three, Ohio state. The line right now is set at Ohio state minus 14 and over under of 63 and a half. So uh, DJ, what do you got for trends for this game? Yeah. So I'm seeing, yeah, 12 and three was what this one says for rankings. Uh, so obviously not many trends as they've only played one game, uh, but Oregon is one and on the season, uh, but they're zero and one at covering the spread and they're 0-1 at hitting the over. Uh, Ohio State on the flip side is 1-0. They're 1-0 at covering the spread and they're 1-0 at hitting the over. Uh, average points, uh, Oregon scored 31 in their first game. Ohio State scored 45. Oregon allowed 24. Ohio State allowed 31. Uh, and then, yeah, that's kind of it for that. As I said, this is not enough data has been uh, has really happened yet. So that's really all we got for that. So I know this again, these are two high, highly rated teams. So who, what two players are you looking out for in this game? Uh, I'm looking at the CJs, DJ. For Oregon, CJ Verdell, the running, the running back. Against Fresno State, he had 18 attempts, 74 yards, and one touchdown. He's got to get going if Oregon wants to uh, 
be successful here. And I think he, I think he will, but I just, he, for, for them to win, he's got to have a good game against Ohio state. And then for Ohio state, I'm really, really curious to see how CJ Stroud does in his uh, second game of his uh, college career. His first game against Minnesota passed for 294 yards, four touchdowns and one interception. So just to see how he does for that game is going to be interesting as far as a uh, win or loss there. Um, my opinion, Oregon struggled against Fresno State, and I know uh, people at the network here are pretty high on Fresno State against against Oregon. Ohio State's so much more talented than Fresno State, though, and, and Ohio State made a statement against Minnesota after being down at the halftime, coming back to win. I just think Ohio State has what it takes to win this game and win it handily, so I'm going to take Ohio State against the spread. Kyle, we are on the same wave. Uh, I just, that loss, or not the loss, that struggle win against Fresno State worried me because they were not destroying them. They were up 21-0 at one point, I'm pretty sure. And then they blew it. I'm pretty sure it was tied like 21-21. Uh, and they squeaked out a win, but like their defense didn't look as good as I thought they'd be. There, there are definitely some holes in that defense. And their offense only dropped, what, 24, 28? Like they didn't score 34 maybe, I don't know. They didn't score that much on or 31 is what it would have been. Duh. We just, I just read that. Jeez. Anyway. Um, yeah. So they didn't score that much. And like Ohio state's defense is going to be better than Fresno state. Ohio state's offense is going to be better than Fresno state. I think I'm not saying that Minnesota is the, is better than, uh, than Oregon, but I think competitively with big 10 versus big 10 first game of the year, like I think Minnesota played them pretty close to how Oregon will play them which means Ohio State covers 14. So I, I like Ohio State here. All right, PG, what are you thinking for this game? Well, fellas, it seems like we're all on the same side. I, I love Ohio State here. I want to put four units on them on the spread. Uh, and, and I'll also personally be taking their team total over as well. I think uh, Oregon's going to have a really hard time covering these wide receivers, Olave and Wilson. I They had a hard time covering some of the – receivers from Fresno State and as we've already noted this this team's going to be more talented than Fresno State not only that this game's on the road for Oregon this is the first time fans have been back in the shoe since 2019 so I really think that home stadium's going to be rocking it's going to be a crazy environment uh, I also want to throw one unit on the over and the only reason uh, I want to do that is because I can't take the team total and I think I really think uh, Ohio State's going to connect kind of name their number here and I, I expect Oregon to score some points here and there. You know, Crystal Ball's a good offensive coach. They're going to dial something up. Uh, they, they're going to look at that game plan that Minnesota had. Now, they don't have a, a Muhammad Ibrahim, and they don't have an offensive line as big as that one from um, Minnesota is, but they're going to find a way to score some points, I think. I just want to put one unit on that over. But I really like Ohio State here. I've already put a bunch of my own personal money on this, on uh, minus 14. I love it. Uh, give me the Buckeyes. Uh, so I guess, yeah, you can bet the team total over if you want. Okay. Well change my one unit play to the team total. instead. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. There's no bets off limits parlays. I mean, any, if you want to do in game part, like literally anything you want to do, you can bet. Uh, if Love I can't it. find a line, you're just gonna have to help me find one, but yeah, no, we're right good on. for that team total over. Cause yeah, I don't, I don't, Oregon's offense might scare me, but I think Ohio state's putting up at least 40, like, honestly, like they're, they're going to score. That's a fact. And I would assume it's probably around 30-ish, maybe, the team total over. I, I haven't seen one yet. Yeah, it's probably a little too early for that. But, 
we will see. We will update it when we see it and roll from there. But yeah, let's roll. Let's keep going, Kyle. I know we're both hyped for this next game. Yes, we are, DJ. And this is the game I'm absolutely going to be watching. I'll be up really early in the morning to watch College Game Day. It's at Ames, Iowa. And we got the Cy-Hawk game between Iowa and Iowa State Saturday at 3.30 on ABC. We got a line right now set at Iowa State minus four and an over-under of 45. So, uh, DJ, what do we got for trends for this game? First off, quick note, I'm not going to the game, but since I live in Des Moines and it's 30 minutes from Ames, I will be tailgating in Ames. Me and, like, ten buddies, we're pulling up. Uh, There's a lot of Ames people we know, so we are going to party hard. Uh, and we're going to root the Hawks is what we're going to do because I'm going to be wearing my Iowa shirt. And, yeah, uh, who knows? I might come back with next podcast with a black eye if I say the wrong thing to a Iowa State fan. I don't know. After 10 beers, not, let's go 15. After 15 beers, I don't know what's going to happen, okay? Uh, so, yeah, let's get on to trends here. Iowa is 1-0. They're 1-0 against the spread, and they are, they're one to know at hitting the under. Uh, they put up 34 points. They only allowed six. It was a dominant defensive performance from Iowa. Offense was lacking a little bit, in my opinion. Iowa State, 1-0 this season. 0-1 against the spread. I will cover that later, maybe. Uh, but uh, And then they're uh, 1-0 at hitting the under. Uh, 16 is what they scored, and they gave up 10. That's really all we got for trends. Kyle, what do you got for players to watch? Uh DJ, I, I texted you about, about him. He had played pretty solid the first the first game, but we'll see how he does against a, a pretty solid defense in Iowa State. And that's Spencer Petras for Iowa. Uh, passed uh, 13 for 27 with 145 yards. But, I mean, that sounds really bad, but a lot of his incompletions were just drops. I mean, Petras was getting the ball where he needed, which is good for him because, I mean, he was overthrowing people all the time last year. He was – nowhere near the vicinity sometimes so he looks pretty solid so I think if he has a good game against Iowa State they'll be pretty successful and then for Iowa State man Brees Hall's got to be gotta have a better performance than what he did against Northern Iowa he had 23 carries for 69 yards and one touchdown against uh Northern Iowa uh, he had 50 yards in the first half and only had 19 in the second half he's got to be better if he wants to have a chance at the Heisman or for his team to really be successful so um when I give my picks, obviously, I try not to put bias into it. And sincerely, like, I, people call me a homer, and they've joked about me being a homer on some of the picks I've done on this show. But I try my best not to be. So with that being said, I don't bet on Iowa or Oklahoma games for that reason. So I'm going to give no play for this game. Wow, Kyle. I, I like it. Staying out of it. Uh, yeah, so if you guys weren't aware, the lock of all locks occurred last week when you and I, Northern Iowa, repping the brand, repping, repping the school I graduated, proud alumni, uh, they were 31 and a half point dogs. That's what I got them at, threw 150 bones on them because that was ridiculous. I knew the game was going to be close, at least close enough that 31 and a half covers. Um, I have a lot of concerns about Iowa State after that first game. Uh, their offensive line looked awful. Uh, Their defense obviously was solid, but like they only scored 16 points on you and I. Now, I think you and I is probably a top 10, top 15 FCS school, and it's an in-state rivalry. Like you and I was definitely geared up for that game, but 16 points. Are you kidding me? Uh, I think Iowa's defense is going to destroy Iowa State. I think Iowa State's defense will keep Iowa State in the game. So I think this is a pretty evenly matched game. I'm taking the points. I'm taking the Hawks all day. Give me the points. 
I think Iowa State wins by three. Honestly, I think Iowa. This is the year Iowa State breaks the streak. It's going to be an ugly game, and they win by three. Last second field goal. That that's my prediction. All right, DG, what do you got for this game? Yeah, so what a game I think this is going to be. Iowa at Iowa State. It's a low total, um, but this game is going to – I think both defenses are just so dominant, and these coaches are both comfortable playing in those low-scoring games. I don't think they're going to go out and try to just throw bombs all day. They're going to throw some shots here and there because, you know, why not try for an explosive play? I actually like Iowa State here. Um, I think they might win by a touchdown, but I'm thinking it's like a 10-17 to game. I love Mike Rose, and I love what this Iowa State defense can present challenge-wise. I think that there's a chance Petrus throws an interception here and there, and, and Iowa State you know, gets that big turnover that puts them in the red zone uh, last minute, 10-10, to 10, and they score a touchdown. Um, with their, you know, their attack, which, like you guys said, they did not look good that first game. So I don't expect them to come out and score a bunch of points against this really solid Iowa State def- – or Iowa defense, excuse me. So I like the under. Um, I'm going to put – two units on Iowa State and I want to put one unit on this under it's a low total I wish wish I get a few more points but it's understandable these are two really great defenses and two offenses um, that at least traditionally well I was I was scored some points last week but traditionally the, these teams are comfortable playing in these low scoring defensive you know really slow pace type matchups so let me get a unit on that under as well but I'm going to definitely be watching this game it's it's the biggest game of the week for me uh, can't wait for it if you haven't experienced an Iowa State game, like even if you're not a fan of either team, like you're you're kind of, it's it's just a holiday at Iowa. Like there will be so many people in Ames. Like if you're if you think <laughs> you're getting through Ames, traffic will be insane. Like everyone and their mother's gonna be there, their cow, their dog, they're all gonna be there. Uh it's literally a holiday in the state of Iowa. And that's why I'm going. Like I'm not even going to the game, I'm just going for the vibes, the environment. Uh, but I, I too really like that under, and then I saw it was 44 or whatever. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like that's so low, just a couple like quick touchdowns and we are not looking good. So I I'd still like it, but it's just like, I can't house it. You know, it's a perfect yep. one unit bet. I a hundred percent agree with your logic. Yeah. I, it's a bucket list game for me. I'd love to come catch it, especially if Iowa state's program stays up the way it has. I mean, I think it'd be a lot of fun. A bucket list game for me is Texas, Oklahoma. Never go oh, yeah. on. I've I, always I, wanted to go to Red River rivalry game. I think it's a top five rivalry in all sports, in my opinion. It's it's incredible. The the scenes at the Texas State Fair, you know, you got to get a Fletcher's corny dog. Um, I mean, it's it's incredible. The the vibe is is like you like you said, it's it's kind of like everybody comes down there. Even if you're not going to the game, a lot of people tailgate around the state state fair, and it's an incredible environment. It's definitely a bucket list game. Me and Kyle will go. We, we will go. We'll take A-Long, too, so we can represent the uh, Texas fans. No, we're not taking A-Long. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let him know. You're not invited, but we're going. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He can definitely go. It'll be, it'll be fun. We got to definitely hit that up sometime. But uh, let's transition from college football to the NFL. So let's let's start with the first game that will kick off the season Thursday, September 9th at 720 on ESPN between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. Uh, the line right now is set at Buccaneers minus eight and an over-under of 52. Uh, obviously, don't have any trends because this is the first game, first week of the season. But, uh, DJ, who are you looking at players to watch for this game? Yeah, so I, I think I'm going to go low-key players here, players that aren't going to get any hype that I think will be massive difference makers, and that's Michael Gallup and Antonio Brown. 
I'll go into it quick. Michael Gallup with Dak Prescott is secretly really good in the red zone. Like the dude gets touchdowns and it's only with Dak. If Dak is not his quarterback, Michael Gallup is completely irrelevant. I clearly Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb are drawing all the coverage. So Michael Gallup is getting, you know, the third worst corner. Uh, and he just, he just finds a way to get open and Dak always finds him. So I, I think if you're looking for a daily fantasy, I think Michael Gallup's a steal. Cause I think he's going to be cheap. And then on the flip side, Antonio Brown and Tom Brady, like they're meant to be like Tom Brady loves him. If you remember, he brought him into new England and then that obviously didn't work out. He scored a touchdown in the only game he played. Uh, and then the last, I think the last four games of the regular season, or maybe if you include, I think his last regular four regular season games, I think Antonio Brown put up over 20 fantasy points uh, in each of the games. Uh, I, I really like Antonio Brown. I think, um, I think Tom Brady loves him. And if you, what was it like four years ago, Antonio Brown was the best receiver in the league, like unanimously, like the dude has still got game and there's a lot of weapons distracting him. So yeah, my two low key players of the game are going to be Antonio Brown. I think he gets a touchdown and I think Michael Gallup gets a touchdown. You heard it here first, bet the player prop. Gotta believe. Dak loves Michael Gallup. So, I mean, that's a, that's a great, every year, whenever like Amari Cooper first went to the league and like Cooper was sitting, taking the first round, I think Gallup had more yards than Cooper did that, that, that year. I mean, Dak loves throwing a Gallup. That's a great, great two players to watch DJ Um, to get started. I don't bet against Tom Brady. It's so, it's so hard to do it. I did it last year in the Super Bowl when I bet for the chiefs, I just can't do it. I like Tom Brady and the Buccaneers to win by 10 plus points. I'm going to take Buccaneers against the spread. I am, I'll be the first to admit it. I am hands down the worst NFL handicapper. I, I don't know why. I'm just the worst. The last time I made a bet was when I was watching Sunday night and all seven of the dudes took uh, like the Packers to cover. And I was like, oh, okay, I have to bet against this. I have to fade them. So I did. I think I took whatever team plus whatever the points. And they ended up, they ended up yeah, they ended up covering, I think. I don't think they won. I think they covered. And that was the last NFL bet. I just don't bet the NFL. I guess I did bet the Buccaneers. That was a lock. That was easy. Give me a harder one. Come on. I'm betting on TV 12 in the Super Bowl. That one, that, that doesn't count, though. That's Super Bowl. You have to bet on that. So my gut tells me to go with Tampa Bay. And my gut's always wrong. So I got to go. I got to ride the Dallas. What scares me is Tampa Bay has a really good defense and Tom Brady's the go. Like I like Dallas with Dak. Dallas with Dak is a deadly offensive team. They have a lot of weapons and they're a solid squad. Um, their defense has some holes. They've gotten a lot better though. They've gotten a lot better. And I think they'll be decent. They'll be average to maybe above average. That that's a stretch though. Um, so I'm going with Dallas strictly because I suck at NFL handicapping and my, my brain and my heart, my gut, everything tells me Tampa Bay. So I have to go Dallas here. All right. And uh, PG, what do you got for this game? So full disclosure, I am a Cowboys fan. So I just want to get that out there. Um, so, but with you, DJ, I am not a great NFL uh, handicapper. I get killed every year doing it, uh, <laughs> but, but I got to ride with the Cowboys plus eight uh, for one unit. I think that's just so many points in the NFL. And I expect, like you said, I expect this Cowboys offense to, to, to make some noise, even though we know how good uh, we know how good the defense for the Bucks is. We saw that uh, play out, but I think, like you said, the Cowboys defense has some holes as well. I, I believe in both these offenses. I'm also putting two units on the over 52 here. I think uh, Cowboys are going to give up some explosive plays. That's just how this defense is. They're going to give up a big run somewhere, or they're going to give up a deep pass to maybe to Antonio Brown. I think that's a good call. And so I'm putting two units on this over. 
Uh, but full disclosure, I'm not the best NFL handicapper. It's the NFL's wild. Like the second I think I know something, like I, I'm like, oh, this line's easy. Then the, the team gets slapped by like 20, and I'm just like, what? What? Ha- or I bet on an under. The over hits in the first half. Like I'm always like not even wrong, but I'm like miserably wrong, like terribly wrong. So I just don't bet it. I just don't unless it's a Super Bowl. So yeah, I'm done. I'm cutting myself off from NFL. I'm just yeah. Nope. Fair. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's go to the last game of the slate. It's unbelievable how this game is only a noon game this is a really really good game between the Steelers and the Bills at 12 p.m on CBS I guess that varies wherever you're living but it's on this on CBS if you're in that area the line right now is set at the Bills minus six and a half and an over under of 49 so uh DJ who are you looking at for this game you know I'm riding the low-key player wave I don't even know if it's low-key but for the Steelers I'm, I'm curious about Najee Harris they spent a big pick on him and he looks good. And the Steelers are generally a one running back team and they feed them, they feed them, they feed them, they pass them, they hand the ball off. Like they just get them the ball and you don't spend that big of a pick if you're not going to get the guy the ball. So I think Najee Harris is going off. Now the Bills defense is solid, uh, but I, I just, I want to see what he, ha- I want to see him in an NFL game. I want to see if he's the real deal. So I'm excited to watch him. And then on the flip side, the Bills, the guy I'm most excited for the Bills this season is Zach Moss. I know you guys are all hyping the wide receivers, everybody else. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. Zach Moss played pretty well last year for splitting time. He, he, so he started the season as a rookie, and he split time with uh, Devin Singletary, except for Devin got more snaps. By the end of the season, Zach Moss actually outsnapped him. Zach Moss is a tank. Like, the dude is massive. I think he's going to be like Garrett Blunt of the Patriots that one season when he scored like 18 touchdowns. Had like never had a game over like 60 rushing yards, but scored 18 touchdowns. I think that is Zach Moss this season. I think the Bills are a great offense. They're going to score a lot. And I think Zach Moss is going to feast on the goal line. And I think he's going to gain. I think Zach Moss by the end of the year will be the lead back. Uh, Bold prediction here. I think Zach Moss will be a top 20 uh, fantasy running back. Uh, He's getting drafted like 35, 36. I think he's going to be a top 20. I think they're going to feed him the rock. And I think he takes over the role. He's so good. And they don't really like Devin Singletary. As you can see by him getting worked out, they don't they don't like him. So that's my thoughts on players to watch. The running backs. It's two young guys, and I'm excited to see what both of them have gained or what they can show in game one. Yeah. I mean, you, you said it really well. And like you said, the wide receiver crew for the Bills is always getting hyped up. But Zach Moss has potential to have a really solid season. So that's a, a good move. Um, You, you know – these are two really solid teams. I'm kind of worried about the spread because I can see the bills covering a six and a half point spread. I can also see the Steelers winning. So like, I really don't want to touch the point, the point total. I'm going to take the over of 49. I think a lot of points are going to be scored for this game. I think the Steelers lost a few guys in the deep on that defense. And I know the bills defense is pretty solid, but I think the Steelers can score some points. So give me uh, the over of 49. I like it. So again, my, my, my brain and gut are, they're, they're telling me Steelers. They're, they're saying that the bills will win, but the Steelers will keep it close. Uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger and that they have a great receiving crew, like Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and then Juju, who I'm not really a fan of. Uh, you know, they got some dudes, they got Najee, like the Steelers can score. Now the bills defenses be solid. The Steelers defenses, you know, average to above average. But I just – I think I got to go Bills here. Uh, at home, the Bills, way better weapons. Josh Allen looks like 
just unbelievable, honestly. I remember his first start against the Vikings. I was like, who's this clown? Well, he showed me who the clown was as we got stomped and Josh Allen looked amazing. So I'm riding the Bills wave. I think six and a half is a perfect football number. I think Bills win by a touchdown easily. All right. And PG, wrap it up. Yeah, so I'm with you guys. I love these offenses. Uh, The defenses are good too, but we've got a lot of playmakers on the field. I like the over. I want to put a unit on the over. Um, This is going to be a game that I'm definitely going to watch. Like you said, I can't believe it's not in a better time slot, but I'm definitely locked into it. And I've got to go and parlay the over and the Bills money line for a unit. Shout out to my guy Meerkat, the biggest uh, Buffalo Bills fan I know. Love that guy. But I really think that uh, I think that these teams are both going to score. I love Josh Allen late in the game, just with the versatility that he can bring to an offense. He can throw it. He can run it. So give me the over and the Bills money line um, and and parlay them for a unit. I love it. NFL football. It's back, right. baby. Are you a big fantasy football guy real quick? Yeah, uh, I, I play some fantasy here and there. I'm in a couple leagues this year. Typically, I was before I started gambling on college football, I, I played a lot more fantasy football and I really like that it's it's a blast and I've got a couple teams this year I feel pretty good about one of them one of them was an accidental auto draft for about half the draft so that'll be a lot of fun to see if I can GM my way to some wins <laughs> but uh yeah fantasy football is awesome yep oh yeah I'm, I'm hyped Sunday Sunday football college football fantasy football like it's all just converging Iowa State Iowa like it's just too much too much going on back. yep yeah this is gonna be a great weekend I, I'm pumped well, I tell you what, PG, it was great having you on. Do you have any uh, shout outs to the Cheapy community or any followers you want to give a shout out to or even tell us what your Twitter handle is so our followers can go uh, follow you as well? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm at Potato Gobbler on Twitter um, and shout out to all my followers. I, like, I feel like we've built like a pretty positive community, even when our when our bets aren't going the way we want them to, like like they were Thursday. It's still a lot of fun. We hype each other up. Uh, I want to shout out Meerkat, like I said. I want to shout out Squilly. He and I do uh, a little show, too, uh, occasionally, just talking about our picks. And uh, lots of great cheapy follows out there. So just uh, tap in and and say what's up, and we'll embrace you. Absolutely. Well, once again, PG, thanks for coming on. We are glad to have have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. You guys run a really professional show around here. Uh, Listen to the last couple episodes. And uh, they were all great. So I appreciate you guys doing what you do and inviting me on the show. I had a great time. Yes, Thank sir. You. We, uh, we appreciate having you on and appreciate the compliment as well. So uh, hopefully we can get you in up? the, yeah, yeah, hopefully we can get you in the lead eight and get you back on the show. Would love that. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling good. Feeling good about the pick. So I like here it. we go. I like it. All right. So yeah, to wrap it up, uh, as always, you can follow our, or you can go on the code of sports cappers.com. It's where we got articles and just everything. Honestly, uh, we got a bunch of dudes doing articles, uh, a lot of good stuff, a lot of good content sports wise. If you're new to the sports industry, if you know your stuff, just just check out what we got to say. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff. You can learn a lot. As always, follow us on Twitter at Feud Gambling. We post our picks, our daily picks and just other good content. We're trying to you know expand and post other other stuff that you know is interesting to the sports fan. We're definitely a sports. If you don't like sports, don't follow us because you're just gonna unfollow us. But if you like sports, you gotta follow us. Uh, as always, tune into our next podcast, which will be next Wednesday. Uh, soon we should get a trivia contest going, hopefully. Uh, but as of right now, it is TBD, so we will we will not know when the third one is. But Kyle is trying to get that all going. 
Uh, as always, you can follow Pace and B Russ's podcast called Mount Lockmore on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I have my other podcast called High and Inside uh, with Alex and JT. Uh, you can uh, that's also on Apple Music and Spotify. Uh, we got a new soccer podcast on the Coda Sports uh, Gambling Network. I've tuned in a couple of times to the to the episodes. I think it will drop like two or three. And man, I've learned so much. They, those guys know their stuff and they know how to hit bets. Those, I mean, yeah, you got Dan the Man, who's first in our uh, Coda Sport or not our Coda Sports, our Gambling Feud contest, uh, and then Corey Adair, who was on the Gambling Feud, and then um, Th- Don Thomas Miller. Uh, it's called Gabacho Baracho. Don't know if I pronounced it right, but we're going to go with it. Uh, and then also another exciting pod- podcast and show we have going on YouTube is the College Football Central Pick'em uh, pick Show, uh, where we go through me, uh, Soup, uh, Kyle, Pace, uh, B-Russ, and Dan. We all just go through and we break down the lines, kind of give you an idea of how we're feeling. Uh, you can choose to follow us. You can choose to fade us. As always, our other cappers on social media, at Coda Capper Pace, at B Russ 35 at Pumba Cakes at Campbell D Josh at Dan Angle 11 and at Rico McStickum. And then, as always, you can find me on Twitter at DJ Low 4422. And wrap it up, Kyle. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Comb Dog. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And join us next week for another exciting episode of Gambling Feud. Deuces. Deuce.